You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey again, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, well, that's usually him, but today we've got a Jimmy Stein substitute, a much better Jimmy Stein substitute. I normally wouldn't say that about Brian Passink, but in this case, he is much better than Jimmy Stein. Brian Passink, the color commentator for the Alabama Crimson Tide, joins us today. Brian, how are you? Luke, I'm doing great. Is, is Jimmy scared? Is he scared to talk a little, little basketball? Um, you know, I know how you fogs are. Y'all get nervous. <laughs> well, that's, that's a good point. No, Jimmy actually, um, he's so technologically archaic that he's not good when it when we do a, an interview and it requires like us both to be on with him. It's just too much for his Tandy 3000. So I've just decided from here on out, whenever I have somebody on, it's just going to be me. Um, and if Jimmy ever learns technology, I would love to have him join us for these things. But frankly, he's awful at computering. Well, no, I, and I understand, and I can't talk trash about that. I'm the same way, but I, I know what he's doing. I, I mean, he's he's breaking down uh, Miami film, uh, getting ready for for next for the opener next year, trying to see who uh, our <laughs> our third or fourth string defensive tackles would be. Uh, so, and listen. I look forward to hearing who it is. Um, yeah. love, you know, love y'all's podcast. Uh, but more more than that, I love making fun of y'all's podcast. Uh, but but it is an honor to be on. That's why it's uh that's why it's a double edged sword. It's it's fun to make fun of us and fun to listen to. That's what we try and do. Uh, first of all, let's do start there since we are a fog podcast. Uh, how much did you enjoy that national championship game last Monday? Oh, man, let me tell you, last week was uh, one of the best weeks of, of my Alabama fandom. I mean, I got no sleep all week because I couldn't go to sleep after the, the national championship game. Stayed stayed up, gosh, just about all night. Just rewatched some of it, watching SportsCenter, watching uh, Scott Van Pelt, watching all the interviews. Couldn't go to sleep, and then you know, we played Kentucky in a late game the next day. Uh, you know, go, go to Rupp and, and beat Kentucky by 20. I mean, that in itself is worthy of, of not sleeping. So I was dragging all week, uh, but wouldn't trade it for anything. A couple of huge wins for Alabama, uh, and, and even the women. I mean, I, what they did beating number 14 Mississippi State and, and how well Christy Curry's team is playing, it's just uh, it's great to be an Alabama fan, uh, no doubt about that. But uh, Monday night was awesome, and, and the great week continued. Yeah, the the women do deserve a shout out. I know they got blasted by Tennessee yesterday, but uh, man, coming back and beating Mississippi State like that—that that, that was a good thing. And you know, Christy Curry's been on the hot seat probably since ever since she was hired. So it's good to see that she's probably secure in her place there. Um, and you know, that Kentucky win and the Alabama national championship win back to back was very reminiscent, in a broader sense, of when Jalen Waddle caught uh, what eighty-five yard touchdown pass or 90-yard touchdown pass from Mac Jones. And then like 10 seconds later, J.D. Davidson committed to Alabama uh, earlier this year. That was a pretty cool moment, too. It, that was. You're right. And uh, listen, that, that's a great thing about, um, I mean, in terms of what's going on with basketball, is it is as good as it has been to this point. Uh, the the future's so bright with 
back-to-back top 10 recruiting classes. And with what Nate Oates is doing right now, and, and, and listen, and football contributes to the basketball program. And, um, you know, Nate Oates is a huge football fan. Um, the guys on the team are big football fans. And, and it brings national attention and exposure to the entire university in every aspect. So the brand of Alabama is as good as it's ever been. Uh, and with what Nate Oates is currently doing, uh, on the sideline, on the floor, in recruiting, um, it's just gas on the fire. And I really think it's going to accelerate uh, what has already been an incredible uh, first couple of years to, to the Nate Oates era. Brian, I, I'm assuming most people know this already who listen to the podcast, but you have not been going to the games, at least of late. Uh, you've been calling these games from Vestavia Hills in, uh, at the Baumhauers. I'm going to try and get there tomorrow night, uh, but the tip-off at 8 o'clock, that's about the time I'm usually waking up to take my first TT uh, because I've gone to bed at 6. But um, I think I am going to try and make it over there tomorrow night. It's such a big game. I think it would be a lot of fun to watch you watch a basketball game. Are you enjoying uh, being at, at Baumhauer's and being able to just, you know, ride home in five minutes? You know, I know secretly you loved – or not secretly, uh, openly – you love to go to uh, Rupp Arena and, and the Hump and all these places. And it's a lot of fun. But is there part of you that kind of enjoys like, hey, it's a quick ride home and it's the same kind of thing and really the environment would be about maybe even better in Baumhauer's this year than it would be on the road? Yeah, it's been so much fun. And it's really a great example of taking a, a tough situation for everybody and making the most of it. This is one of those things that I'm so glad we've done it and we're experiencing it because it is so unique. Uh, but with that being said, I don't want to ever do it again. I want to be back on the road uh, with the team and in the arena. There's nothing like being there. But this year, you know, it's even being there isn't quite the same. Uh, but but we've had a really good time at Baumhauer's in Tuscaloosa. Uh, we've been in Birmingham at the Vestavia location the last couple of, of games. And, you know, we're talking about trying to get maybe to Huntsville or Mobile. Um, you know, we'd love to get around the state because it's, it's really a good time. We, we, you know, we're watching – Alabama play with Alabama fans. Um, they have, you know, love it or hate it. They have our radio call piped into the to the restaurant, and we've got crowd noise. And you don't get that at at uh, college basketball games these days because of all the COVID uh, restrictions. So uh, it's been a it's been a really good time. And then you know it, to be able to uh, order a an IPA in the post game and celebrate an Alabama win. That's not something that you can really do at Coleman Coliseum right now or a rough arena. So I've taken advantage of it. Uh, it, But the main thing is, is we're having a great time together with Alabama fans and and watching this team. And and it comes down to to wins and losses and how well this team is playing. And Nate Oates and these guys have made it a whole lot of fun this year. Well, the biggest takeaway from that for me is I didn't peg you as a beer snob to throw in your little IPA comment there. But you know what? Go for it. I mean, I think it's shoot your shot, man. Um, Brian, let me tell everybody about betonline.ag. You can go to betonline.ag, use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get a 50% promo bonus. I'm not sure what the betonline.ag 
spread will be for tomorrow's night, Alabama LSU. I'm guessing LSU minus four. That's my guess. And uh, it, I would go jump all over the tide, make a bunch of money, at least put them in a teaser and get some money. Get ready for Valentine's Day. You know, the best way to prepare for Valentine's Day is to double up what you were planning to spend by betting that money at betonline.ag and then spending the extra on yourself for Valentine's. That's what you need to do. Go to promo code, excuse me, go to betonline.ag and use promo code locked on. Get that 50% bonus. You can bet on all the NFL games coming up. You can bet on any college basketball game. You can play poker, play blackjack, whatever you want to do. Betonline.ag is the place to go. Use promo code locked on. All right, Brian, I got to ask you this. Was the suspension of James Rojas and John Petty the catalyst for this team's seven-game winning streak? That's a good question, which is not something I often say to you when you're catching <laughs> the podcast. Um, <laughs> but, but it really is because I, I anticipated that this team would get better and better as the year went on. And the things that I saw, even through the, the non-conference bumps in the road was that the areas of, of improvement would carry on like defensive improvement and toughness and all those things that I saw. And this is a team that played a really tough non-conference schedule and missed a bunch of shots. And I, I knew this team would eventually become one of the best shooting teams and best offensive teams in the SEC, if not the country. So felt like that if, if they could have uh, continued to, to defend at a high level and, and play the way they were defensively, uh, that that they would come around. So, um, so I'm. And by the way, Maggie, <laughs> my wife, is trying to talk to me, and I'm trying to explain. I'm, I'm on a podcast now. She's mad at me. So, hey, Luke, do me a favor. Yeah. We get off text Maggie and say that I was on a very, very important podcast. <laughs> um, so she, I'm, I'm yeah, keeping yeah. all this in the podcast, by the way. I want I like to detail people's uh, marital marital bliss in the podcast when I can. So I dig that. Oh, and another thing, since we're talking about uh, my lovely wife, uh, <laughs> one of the one of the the exciting parts of Baumhauer's is is uh, Maggie will be there, and and she's a show in herself. She's gonna she's gonna single handedly create crowd noise at, at somewhat inappropriate times. Um, you know, she'll clap when we're doing well, and she may she may hoot and holler when we're not, uh, which makes makes for a lot of fun. Um, but what was the question, Luke? <laughs> um, no. so, was yeah, the suspension no, a good thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it sure has turned out that way. And, and what I think it did is, is first of all, let me say this. Uh, John Petty is a really good uh, guy, player, leader, high basketball IQ, and, um, you know, I, I expected him to have a big-time senior season. And, you know, like a lot of guys, when the team wasn't playing as well and he wasn't playing as well, there was a, a, a little frustration there, and that's what happens to competitors. But on the flip side, um, you know, NATO's I think, sends a message. Anytime you discipline a star, a senior, a, a guy who's a first-team all-SEC guy and, potential player of the year that gets everybody's attention so uh, obviously John Petty has responded in as good a way as you could possibly hope for but I think same could be said for the entire team uh, they're dialed in uh, they're bought in on both both ends of the floor uh, they're an extremely unselfish team 
they're doing all the little things that don't necessarily uh, pad your stats, but they win games. And that's really down the line. And with as difficult as this early part of the SEC schedule has been, uh, to be 6-0 and at this point and, and winners of seven straight, it, it's, it's more than talent. It's more than depth. Uh, it's playing together. It's playing for each other. It's playing with toughness. And that's what this team has done exceptionally well. All right, I'm going to throw out my sneaky MVP from this previous game. Now, we beat Arkansas by 31 points, so it's kind of hard to say there was an MVP when apparently our whole team played very well. But the most the, – the, the, the happiest I was about an individual player, it wasn't John Petty breaking the career record for three-pointers or um, – you know, Quinterly getting back on the court and, and playing pretty well. Uh, it wasn't any of that. It was Jawan Gary passing. I was blown away at how well he played considering his lack of experience. I, I'm I'm really beginning to get fired up about him. Not from a, hey, he's an All-American type, but hey, he's a workhorse and he's going to get in there and not hurt us and, and actually help us. That That's huge news to me. Yeah, he's been – really good in, in all those areas that, that I was attempting to describe, those effort, toughness, blue collar, hard hat, all the things that, that NATO preaches, uh, he brings. He, he's going to guard. He doesn't need the ball. He's going to rebound. He's going to tip, um, you know, try, try to tip the ball to himself, offensive rebounds, getting extra possessions. Uh, he is such a valuable player. And, and I think he and James Rojas coming off the bench just brings such a a blue-collar mentality. I mean, those guys are bulldogs when they get on the court. And, you know, that that is the reason why Alabama is one of the they, – they have to be, and, and I haven't dug in the numbers to, as, as much on other teams, but Alabama a year ago was 115, 116th in defensive efficiency. Now, they were really good offensively, played with a lot of pace and – and got up and down the floor and shot the ball very well, but it wasn't a great defensive team. Oh, man, was jumped almost 100 spots in defensive efficiency in one year. And, you know, it's a combination of the guys that have returned uh, are better defenders. Herb Jones is healthy. You added a Juan Gary. You, you added James Rojas. You added Jordan Bruner. Alex Reese is healthy. This team has improved dramatically on the defensive end. And that's why in games through this winning streak that there, there have been times in the last couple of games, Alabama shot the three really well. Uh, but there's been other games where they've struggled from beyond the arc, but they've still managed to win those games uh, because of how hard they play on the defensive end and how much improved they are on that end of the floor. And really quickly, here's what really made me uh, the, the most ecstatic about um, – Juwan Gary, I feel like in this game against Arkansas, he was everything we've wanted James Rojas to be. Uh, Rojas has hit a, a, a nice three or two occasionally, and he does play hard, man. He gets after it. But every now and again, it's like um, his, his brain didn't connecting to his limbs correctly. I mean, he gets, you know, he gets some pretty, some rough fouls. Uh, he, he, He's not great around the basket yet. He's he's a workhorse. There is no doubt about it. But there's there's a, a lack of touch that's in, involved with him and, and a lack of just basketball awareness out there. And maybe that's just from experience. Maybe it's, you know, he sat out last year, so maybe that has something to do with it. But I feel like Jawan Gary played like we've all wanted to see 
James Rojas play all year long. Well, here, here's what I'll say about James Rojas is, is and, and you touched on it, he set out the entire year last year. And this guy is a thousand miles per hour in what he does, and you love that. But sometimes <laughs> it can work against you. And when, when you don't have that experience at the high Division One level, you sat out an entire season uh, with, with a knee injury, and you do have the skill set to be a playmaker uh, on either end of the floor, there's going to be times where he tries to do a little too much. But I think as he gains experience and, and gets used to playing this style, and, and he's a great fit in this style, uh, he's going to limit some of the mistakes, know when to push the issue, know when to pull back. And, and right now I think that that's the balance that, that I think as the year progresses, he's going he's gonna to be more um, of, a, of a playmaker when the time is right and, and maybe get it to a guard or pull things back when it's not. That just takes some time. It's you know, something that the entire team dealt with last year because they turned it over a ton because they weren't sure when to push the issue, trying to pay, play uh, the, the Nate Oates style that they were implementing and when to pull back. Now, as a team, as a program, They've gotten much more comfortable with the style of play. Some of the new guys are going to have some ups and downs, but I really love uh, James Rojas and, and, and the way uh, he brings that that effort and toughness to the team. And he does have the ability to make plays, and right now he's making plays. And, and most of the time it's good for Alabama. Sometimes it's good for the opponent. But he's a playmaker that's going to rein that in uh, as his, 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 the year progresses and his career progresses. Let me tell everybody about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is where you want to go for all the parts your car will ever need. You know who goes to the auto parts stores these days? Your parents. Have you seen those commercials about the insurance whose name I won't mention? We're trying to keep you from becoming your parents. Don't go to the auto parts store and tell somebody you need a chassis or a rearview mirror or fuzzy dice or windshield wiper blades or any of that. Go to rockauto.com and get it much, much cheaper. Be sure to tell them that you heard about them from the Locked On Podcast Family Network, and uh, you will get a discount, and uh, that would be great. Go to rockauto.com. It's so easy. Your parts get there almost immediately. If you're driving like a, like Passink, if you drive a 1997 Civic, then uh, you you have trouble finding the parts you need. You can't just go to the local uh, box store and find the parts you need. you got to go to Rock Auto. They'll have that chassis you need, that axle, that timing belt, all these things I don't know about. Well, Rock Auto does know about them. So go to rockauto.com. Tell them you heard about them from the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Patrick, I'm going to go overall uh, SEC stuff here just for a minute. How surprised are you that Kentucky sucks this bad? Because they kind of suck. They have not played their best basketball. (laughs) Boy, that was understatement of the year goes to <laughs> I, all right, here's the thing. Kentucky has a Hall of Fame coach, NBA players. Um, I wasn't shocked they got off to a rough start. I, I didn't anticipate one in five or one in six, whatever they were going into SEC play. Uh, but because of the situation with COVID, and you said this before the season, teams that have a lot of newcomers and a lot of young players are going to struggle because you don't have the typical lead up to a season. And those things are so important for young players and new players. And, and Alabama, 
dealt with that, uh, playing a tough schedule. I, I think if you had a normal offseason, uh, the, the non-conference would have gone a little smoother for Alabama. I think it helped Alabama, no doubt about that. Uh, but for Kentucky, I, I'm not shocked at all that it, it really affected them. Um, no scrimmages, no exhibition games, no lead-up, no, no typical um, – you know, mixing in some some very very winnable games uh, in the non-conference, they didn't have that. But this is a Kentucky team that, even though their record is shocking right now, they're capable of beating anybody on their schedule. Even in the non-conference, when they were really having a hard time, they almost beat Louisville, almost beat North Carolina. Now, you know, Kentucky fans are listening to this. You know, they're going to wreck their car saying, "Well, <laughs> we're Kentucky, almost beating North Carolina and Louisville." It isn't even close to good enough, and, and I understand that. My point is, you look at their roster, and they have talent. Uh, you look at their bench, and they have coaching. They're going to beat a lot of good teams, and they have. I mean, they went on the road and crushed a good Florida team. Uh, they're capable of coming to Tuscaloosa in a week or so and beating Alabama, beating one of the, the top teams in the SEC. And, and right now, you know, an Alabama team that I think will be fairly highly ranked. Uh, so Kentucky is uh, not what they've been, no doubt about that, uh, but they have a chance to beat anybody because of the guys, the talent level, and the coaching. All right, LSU is our opponent uh, for Tuesday night, which will be tonight when this podcast goes out. But uh, for Tuesday night, we'll call it, or tonight, whatever, I don't care. Um, so is LSU the most talented team in the league? I, I think they are. I mean, boy, I watched them the other day, the – Cameron Thomas, dude, oh, my God, he's good. Trenton Watford, I mean, I've known about him forever, so have you. I mean, uh, he's fantastic. Uh, They've just got so much talent. Now, I cannot stand their coach. Really? This is our end. Will anything anything ever happen to Will Wade negatively? You know, and this is just random speculation on my part. Uh, Everybody – who's been named, um, you know, if you watch the, the HBO documentary and, and all that went down in college basketball uh, a couple of seasons ago, um, you know, there's there's been sanctions. There's been a lot of teams, Auburn, I think Arizona, and, and, and I can't, maybe another uh, program or two, have all come out and, and announced um, sanctions on themselves, you know, not, not playing in postseason and that sort of thing. I wonder, I wonder if that could happen this year, if, if they could self-impose something. Um, you know, I've talked to coaches that you, know, you, you, you wonder, if you're going to do that, when do you do it? You, you, you almost, you know, the thinking is, and, and I, I don't know the answer to this, I, I certainly don't have any ties to LSU, you know, do, when do you, if you're going to do that, would you rather take the carrot away uh, from them in the postseason early on or, or later after you've won a bunch of games? Um, I don't know. So if, if something came out later in the season, I wouldn't be shocked. I think something's going to happen. Um, there's just too much going on there, and there's too much attention on it. Um, and, and so I, I expect something to happen, although I understand people that uh, may not have that, that confidence in, uh, in, in, in punishing people who may deserve punishment. But uh, with all that being said, um, one thing – that we have to agree on is Will Wade uh, can attract some really good, however he does it, he has attracted really, really good players. 
and he's got one of the most talented teams, if not the most talented team in the SEC with the guys that, that you've mentioned, Javante Smart, um, you know, a, a guy who's right there, Baton Rouge, and, and Will Wade lured him in uh, to, the, to this LSU program, and he's one of the top uh, playmakers in the SEC, and uh, Trendon and, and Cam Thomas, uh, Darius Days. I mean, those are all four, all SEC caliber players. They're one of the best offensive teams in the country. And so, yeah, they from a talent standpoint, uh, they're as good as it gets. And offensively, they are really clicking on all cylinders. They're, they're uh, playing at an extremely high level. Um, you know, right now, you know, we're only, you know, a handful of six games in, so not even halfway through the, the SEC season. They are definitely a team that has a chance to win an SEC uh, regular season title uh, because of the talent on the floor and, and they're playing well. Alabama has their work cut out for them. It's not going to be a, a sold-out building, uh, obviously. It, it, it isn't anywhere. Uh, but they're going to have to play very well uh, to beat a, a talented LSU team and a hot team. Finally, Brian, do you think there should be an SEC tournament this year? I heard somebody on SiriusXM earlier say, you know, one way that we can make sure the NCAA tournament gets played um, without a lot of uh, chaos is if we don't have the conference tournaments. That would help. And, you know, I, I like the conference tournaments. I, I mean, they're dramatic. They're fun. But we all know they're a money grab, right? I mean, that's the only reason they're there is a money grab. It really doesn't have anything to do with the season. I've always been a proponent of let your regular season champ get the automatic bid if that's the way you want to go. Um, it, I don't like the fact that teams with losing records can get in the NCAA tournament. But uh, this particular – I understand that's never going to change. But I think this particular year would be a good year to say, you know what, we're just going to do the regular season, and then we're going to have this giant bubble for the NCAA tournament so we can actually have a true champion. Is is that a good idea to you? I mean, I understand it. And and I think, you know, those are the things that we have to think through and, and with, with the COVID situation right now. Um, now, me personally, I, I, I love conference tournaments. I just – I always have – I understand what you're saying. You, you make some valid points. Um, but I, I love them. I think it, it just – it sets the table for March Madness with upsets and teams that, that can make a run uh, in their conference tournament and win the automatic bid. Uh, Alabama this, this year uh, should be in position where they don't need, hopefully <laughs> – Walton Pope need to win some games to get in the NCAA tournament, but we've been in those situations, and there will be teams around the country who need a win or two in their conference tournament to to bolster uh, their resume and get into March Madness. So um, I would hate to see it. I, I, I just I love it so much. I love going to Nashville. I'm not sure even if they have it, if I'll be in Nashville this year with the situation, but I would hate to see it. But, you know, with the situation that we're dealing with, the more important thing is getting – uh, the NCAA tournament ends, so if, if that increases the odds, then uh, I would at least be willing uh, to, to hear the argument and see what's best to make sure it happens. We can't go another year as, as a country, as a society, without March Madness. we got, we got to have that. So if we don't have that, you know, we might as well just shut down the entire country. Uh, but we we got to have March Madness. So however we, we need to do that, let's make that happen first. That's what I love about Brian Passink. He's never into hyperbole. He just uh, he calls it the way it is. No society left without an NCAA tournament this year. I think that should be a 
that that should be everybody's talking point. So, Brian, thank you so much for being with us today. I will let Jimmy know via Telegram that he missed the episode uh, because, ironically, Jimmy is so technologically inept, he cannot listen to his own podcast. I, that's the irony of all ironies. Well, tell, tell Jimmy I'm sorry I missed him, and I, and I, I look forward to, to hearing y'all's next podcast when he breaks down the, the four-string <laughs> offensive line for the Miami Hurricanes for next year's Bama opener. All right, buddy. Roll Tide. All right. Appreciate it. Roll Tide.